Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Evangelist Gregory Murchison from Fort Fairfield, Maine. Thank you for joining me today, Gregory. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Angel, as, as always. And uh, I always look forward to talking about the love of Jesus and uh, about God. So, yes, I'm glad to be here today. Well, I wanted to ask you some questions. Um, I just believe that God is pouring out His Spirit, that we're seeing an awakening. And we want to, we want to be faithful to steward that. And I believe that the church, we have seen um, decrease and decrease for many, many years now. And I believe one of the, the things that's happened is we've lost our first love. Now, I know we had uh, a prayer time yesterday around the flagpole. And I just began to feel in my spirit, sometimes we've gotten away from, from what is it that God wants from us. Can you talk to me about that? Yes. Uh, we lost our first love. Uh, we can go back into Scripture. Let's go back to the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 1. When Jesus commends the church of Ephesus for their uh, faithfulness in attending church, their faithfulness uh, in following God's ways. But he says to them at the end of that uh, verse, but you've lost your first love. And when he talked, his revelation was given to John for everybody. He talked about that church of Ephesus, but symbolically he was talking about all churches then and now. And what we're finding today is we're, we're losing our first love. Uh, and when we lose our first love, we lose the desire for evangelism. And unfortunately, as I have probably said before, that 80% of all churches today do not evangelize. And what, what Jesus was saying is that everything becomes methodical. Everything becomes a duty, not a joy. A uh, excitement to show up uh, Sunday morning at church. It becomes something that you feel you have to just so that you look good in the eyes of others. And so back then, whether it's Ephesus or now, uh, we have to understand that when we get to that uh, uh, feeling, that mindset, the enemy is working, Satan is working in us. Because in today's churches, we'll see the churches that are rising up. We see the churches that are very, very busy. And that's a key word I'm going to talk about some too, is busy. Um those churches, uh, I was talking to a pastor the other day. He said, well, Monday night we have this, and Tuesday we have this, and Tuesday night we have this, and Wednesday we have this, and on and on. Spirit-filled church, and I'll say that again, spirit-filled church, because he's allowing the spirit to come through that church. But a lot of churches today are saying, well, you know, we're going to uh, have that hour-and-a-half sermon on Sunday morning, and that should be good enough. And we'll just go through the motions and uh, we're not going to have time for the Spirit. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit is very polite. If you don't welcome, welcome Him in your church, He doesn't come in. And if you don't have time for Him, so if you've got your schedule all set up, that you're going to have 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there, and uh, at, the, at such and such a time you're walking out the door, what about the time for the Spirit to come in? What about it to touch people so that those that want to accept Jesus Christ as, 
as our Lord and Savior have that opportunity. What about the signs and wonders, the healings? Uh, all of a sudden, you don't have time for any of that. You don't have time for anything because you have lost your first love. And this is not unusual, unfortunately, uh, but it is fixable. It is time that we as uh, our congregation, we as born-again Christians, we as believers have to say, that's not enough. That's not enough. We want to participate. We want to be part of our church. We want to see every, all that the, the uh, spirit-filled atmosphere at that church. And we want to have time for everybody that has a need that day, that time, that hour of church that, so that they can be ministered to and helped. Yeah. Well, Greg, I, my granddaughter made me think of a post I wrote. Um, it was her mother's birthday, and her and her dad went to, to buy a cake for, for her mom. And he said, now don't tell, don't tell. And she goes running in the house. And first thing she did was she spilled the beans. She said, you know, she they went, went out to get a cake for her birthday. If we, that was from the love that she had from her mom, for her mother. If we are so in love with Jesus, how can we not spill the beans? How can we not give it to the world? How can we not share what we have found? If we are so in love with Jesus and he is our first love, why isn't it happening? What's happening today is that uh, we are dealing with uh, instant social media. We are bombarded with everything has to be politically correct. Uh, we look at that and nobody wants to say the wrong thing. Uh, nobody wants to be able to talk about Jesus and fear that they may be chastised because they said the wrong thing. You know, in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus talks about the Great Commission. Um, he talks about going out. And the word is go here. Uh, I emphasize that go. Uh, and to the, to the nations, to the world, to make disciples. And that's part of our destiny. Uh, if we're following God, following Jesus, part of our destiny is to go out and tell other people. And... I listen to people and say, well, that's not for me, and I can't do that, and I'm not capable. And I say to them that, you know, don't let your perceived personality ruin your destiny. Your destiny is to work for Jesus, to work for God. And, and so we go out there. Yes, the outside world can find something wrong in what you say. And some people say, well, Christians are different. And I say, praise God, hallelujah, I'm glad. Uh, because we are different. We're out there trying to let people know the good news. What can happen in their life that has happened in your life. And the church of Ephesus, we can go back to that. They needed to, Jesus had said to them, to change their ways. Uh, or he was going to snuff the candle out. Because he's saying, church as usual, play in church. Uh, we should be done playing church. Uh, we should be done... Uh, doing everything by a methodical way. Because as Jesus said, you know, come back to me. Come back to me. Put me first in everything. Put me first in all that you do. And when you do that, people will notice. Things will happen. People will be saved. People will be healed. Well, can I just add a few things that 
it's sort of been on my mind of recent. You know, he said his house would be a house of prayer. He said that he upset the tables because of the money changers. You know, um, we have done a lot of things in Jesus' name in church. But he's been very clear about uh, feeding the hungry, helping the poor, um, binding up the broken. We have, I think what you said, lost our first love, and we have put our own thoughts. Because wouldn't it start with, if I'm understanding correctly, it would start in prayer, Father, what is your heart? Correct. His heart that is done should perish. That's right. Second so, Peter 3, 9. Would the money that would be coming into the churches then be stewarded to go out to help? Correct. It, it's what's happening today in a lot of churches, uh, because I'm going to go back to, to one thing first, is that um, in the Great Commission, he said, you go, but uh, uh, a good portion of churches are, you come to us. We're right here. You come to us, and uh, we've got all these rules and regulations, and we'll add a, a little bit of doctrine to it, and then our own personal views. And if you can, uh, you know, so they're known for what they're against, not what they're for. Now, not all churches, uh, but it is a natural thing out there for a majority of churches to be known for what they're against. They can tell you everything they don't believe in, and. So, as they drive people out, the heads get whiter and the seats get emptier. So then you become in what we I call a crisis mode. Um, you don't have enough money to run the church because you don't have enough parishioners to tithe. So God becomes second place. Uh, you're going to feed yourself first and God second. When you preach at the pulpit that, you give regardless, and you will receive. But then you turn around and say, but I get mine first, and whatever's left for God, any scraps left he can have. That, that, that mentality has to change, because as the churches begin to fill up, then everything works the way it is. But if we're not going to look at our first love, if we're not going to evangelize, if we're not going to look at people with love and what, we're for and instead chastise them for what we're against. Uh, I, one way I heard a guy say, you know, if we could clean them up, we could bring them to Jesus. And I smiled and said, listen, cleaning somebody up, removing them for sin, doesn't bring them to Jesus. But if you take the time to bring them to Jesus, they will be distanced from sin. So we don't have to get the, the card backwards. We just have to do what Jesus was trying to tell the church of Ephesus. You know, remember your first love. Remember what I did for you and do for other people. Amen. Well, we know that Maine is the second least church state in the United States. So what a great place for God to begin a work, to pour out his spirit. And he said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. And I just have, we have prayed for years. Um, we have believed for years. I hear people say, we are the church. Uh, we are the church. But help me to, to understand that from the church building. Okay. 
A lot of people get confused when they talk about the church. They look at the building. They look at a physical location. Jesus said the church is the people. The church uh, will always be the people in a spirit-driven church. As we walk away from Christ, as we become mediocre in what we do, we forget that Christ doesn't want part of our heart. He wants all of it. He doesn't want us to have a little passion for Christ, for Him. He wants us to be spirit-filled, burning with passion for Him. And when we lose that, we lose that desire. And when we lose that desire, uh, we just can't focus on what's in front of us. It's all about Jesus. Now, John 14, 6 said, uh, the way to the Father is through the Son. So if we can't take the time and uh, get back to our first love and tell people about our first love, about the love of Jesus Christ, about the gospel, then how's anybody going to reach God? Because they got to go through Jesus to get there. And we need to be teaching that in church. We can come up with all types of flamboyant sermons and stuff, but, you know, one of the greatest evangelists and the greatest evangelist in the world, Billy Graham, preached the gospel. At one time he preached it 63 nights in a row, 63 different ways, but he preached the gospel. We can come up with all types of uh, new wave, new ways to, uh, to preach, but don't, let's not forget to preach the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what's going to give them the path to the Father, to God. One thing that I think is very important is that we always give an opportunity for anyone to accept Jesus that might be in the congregation. Um, I heard one of the Shuttlesworth say once at some training um, that if you don't give the Spirit permission, he's not going to draw anyone to your church. But even if you have seven people and all seven people you know are saved, still give the invitation because right. then the Spirit of God will know, send people to this church to be saved. That's right. But if you're not ever given an invitation, then the Spirit is not right. going to, to do that, if I understood that all correctly. Um, but I have visited several churches and there's been no there's been nothing to say if there's anyone here that would like to know Jesus That's or right. if there's anyone here that needs healing today or if you're feeling depressed or hopeless, we have the answer, we Jesus Christ. That's right. Um, because of the crisis mode that a lot of churches are in because of uh, enrollment or people, you know, believers at that church, they, they buy into that secular um, philosophy that we can't hurt anybody's feelings. So if they're asking people to come forward and then somebody says, listen, you know, I, there's football on here at 1.30 and we didn't get out of here to 1.45 because you were long-winded and the spirit was in here and they don't call it spirit. They said this took too much time. So being in a crisis mode, it can be said that, well, we better not do that anymore because so-and-so doesn't like it, you know. We need to please God 
We need to please Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We don't have to worry about what so-and-so likes because if we're doing it right, here's where we get it backwards. If we're doing it right, the church is going to increase. But if you do it the way every the world wants you to do it, it is definitely going to decrease. Now, if you've got in your mind that things are bad and you believe things are bad, I can tell you right now they're going to be bad. But if you say as a pastor that, no, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to follow. I'm going to give people the opportunity to step forward and accept Jesus. I'm going to be there for healing. We are going to make this a church, a church that Jesus talked about that he wanted in Ephesus, which is, by the way, one of the biggest churches back then in uh, Asia. You're going to be the biggest church around because you've spoken it. Now, in my uh, Billy Graham once said, when I preach a sermon, I always give people, I tell them at the beginning of the sermon, there will be an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. And at the end of the sermon, I make that opportunity. I make that. He said, if nobody comes up, I've done my job too. I've still presented the gospel of Jesus Christ with the opportunity. And you're right, Angel. When you present that opportunity, somebody might not come up that week, but they might go tell a friend, listen, you have an opportunity to accept Jesus. And that friend says, I'd like to go next week because I'm ready to accept Jesus. If we don't give the opportunity, people don't know where to go. And as a believer and a Christian, you'll say, oh, no, come on. But I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, there are people out there that are looking for Jesus Christ, that want Jesus Christ. They want to know their Creator. They don't know where to start. And we're sitting back and saying, just come to us. Yeah. And we're like, how do, we get, how do we get there? We don't need to be so puffed up that we forget that we need to go. That's what Jesus said to us. We go. Well, Greg, I grew up in church, went to a Christian school. It was in that Christian school I lost my way. Um, and I often wondered, where is the love? I saw different things with money. I saw different kinds of different things. I saw a church split. Um, I've been involved in church for years and years and years. I find myself every week doing the same thing, putting my hand on my head, in saying, I cast you out, you spirit of religion, you come up and come out of me now. You know, uh, we have a lot of religion. Maine, I've heard it said, is and New England is is just drenched in religion of man-made rules. I've, I feel like even as I've walked in Christianity, you get beat up. Um, so we bring the people in. You know, if, if we bring someone in, are we going to walk with them because they don't look like us? They might still be uh, drinking alcohol. They may still be addicted to drugs. They may still, are we still going to be willing? I remember one, one day the Lord asked me, you know, what are you willing to do? Would you stay up all night with someone that was going through detox? You know, the, the gospel is going to cost us something. It isn't luxurious. Am I, am I getting that right? You're getting it right. And as we go to the end of Revelation, when he opens the book of life, it's not by your perceived works. It's by your heart. And if we don't have the heart to help people, if we're not ready to step out, it's awful easy to say that's, that's for somebody else, not me. 
uh, it's awful easy to be in this for years and get to the point that uh, you've lost your passion. You've lost your love, your first love. You're doing it, number one, because you have to. What else am I going to do to, to support myself? You know, But you've lost that first love because you're, you, it isn't there anymore. And it, it projects out from you when it isn't. People see that. They see that love isn't there. Uh, no, as we bring people in, uh, we need to have uh, programs set up to help these people. Uh, there are all kinds of people in church that are willing to help mentor or work with other people if they're allowed to. Uh, but it starts at the top. If the top isn't doing it, the congregation isn't going to do it. If the top is doing it, the congregation says, I want in too. I want to make a difference. And when you you can't clean them up and bring them to Christ, you got to bring them to Christ and clean Then they'll, by, by default, get cleaned up. I want to say that in the latter part of uh, verse 7, when Jesus says to them, I'm going to read verse 5 through 7 here. Just consider how far, how you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampshade from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of Nicolaitans, which I also hate. But he ends here in verse 7. That's very important. This is something I like to put across. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. He says, whoever has ears. He talks about the church of Ephesus. But at the end, he says, to ever, whoever has ears. He's talking about us, the believers, the people of the church. Take heed. Don't lose your first love. Don't lose your first love. Amen. Greg, we know that God brings the increase. Yes. I always pray, God, only give me what you can trust me with. Yes. I've worked in the world in the secular job for 27 and a half years. A good leader always replaces themselves. But I've noticed in the church, we don't do that. Um, we should we should have people ready to step in all over. We should be raising up leaders right underneath of us, allowing them to preach, allowing them to teach, allowing them to... Um, to be, to teach them what I what I know, or, or um, help impart and, and encourage the gifting that God gave them. I don't see a lot of that in the church today. It's it's like we, we're very regiment. We have this person does this, and this person does this, and this, and this, and this, and um, we're not so big on replacing ourselves. Am I getting that right, or am I a little off on that? You're not off. Uh, it's a known fact uh, that. Uh, as you look at reasons why uh, Christianity is kind of decreasing, is that we have to build other people up to replace us. A good manager has people under him that could do his job any day. That doesn't mean he loses his job. That means that if something happens, somebody could do his job. He makes people involved so that they look forward to coming to work every day. So what's wrong with people looking forward to coming to church every week, but also coming to church on a Wednesday night 
because they're going to give a sermon that night because they are an upcoming uh, preacher possibly. Uh, or they're going to do a Tuesday night Bible study. Or they're going to work with youth. Uh, or they're going to work with a youth leader and someday they'll be a youth leader. Uh, but when you take all of that away and when you lose your first love, you get back to you're just playing church. You're playing church, you're smiling, you're taking what you can take. And the people sitting there are just end up playing church too. If we build up people, if we offer the programs, if we do things uh, that follow the Ten Commandments, that follow uh, what Jesus talked about in, in the first love with Ephesus, um, we won't see that lampshade shut off in, in that church. But if we don't, I had one pastor say to me, all God wants me to do is just feed the saints. That isn't what God said or Jesus said. He didn't say just sit there and feed the saints. He said the opposite. He said you go. If you're going to just feed the saints, pretty soon you're going to be talking to yourself because there's not going to be nobody left. You have to go out there and meet people. Meet them on their level. Some are rough. Some are rougher. 65% of all kids that grow up in church will leave the church by age 20 and not return because we're doing church we're playing church the way they did 40 50 years ago we they're not to our standards not to biblical standards but to our standards that book has never changed and we don't change it for the for the young people but we reach them in ways that we can reach them they wear jeans that you and i would throw away and they pay good money for them they have tattoos they have purple hair pink hair cut off sideways i don't know but i know this they can learn to love Jesus just like we do if we meet them on their level. Society changes. How we teach or preach may change. The word doesn't change. Some people get confused. You don't have to change the word. You just beat people out there and bring them in. Don't live by how we used to live. Because you don't do that in real life. You don't live by how you used to live. You know, That's right. We don't have... Well, we're out of time. And I always like to end the broadcast with prayer. So, uh, Greg, would you pray for an awakening? Would you pray for all of us to return to our first love? Yes. Yes. Father, we thank you for all you do for us. And they say 2019 is a year of revival. And uh, I believe that with all my heart. And so we pray today that as this revival begins, it not only brings new people in, Father God, but it renews the mind of those that are already there. It puts in their spirit uh, that yearning to get back to their first love. And when they get back to their first love, they're going to have love for everybody. When they get back to their first love, they're going to be able to reach out and bring other people in. Let's give them the, we pray for that, yearning to be in everybody we pray that uh, we take the mask off we pray that people are uplifted we pray that uh, even pastors today that have kind of put themselves in a rut do what god says do what what jesus has asked us to do and that rut's going to be gone because they are going to come when they know the spirit's there when the unbeliever the unsaved knows the spirit's there when a friend or neighbor says you ought to come see this we're able to begin that revival that's going to start in 2019. So we just lift everybody up today. 
uh, we pray for renewal in their hearts to their first love, Jesus Christ. And we pray that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Greg. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.